a wonderful day to all of you, and uh, it's always a uh, wonderful privilege to be able to share the Word of God with you once again here at UECP. I'd like to take this opportunity also to uh, thank uh, UECP as a church because of the support that you've been uh, continuing to give uh, Far East Broadcasting Company. As a matter of fact, we're partners in the fact that we are airing your worship services on Sundays over the radio, and we thank you for that partnership. Now, I do hope that you're also holding up uh, under these new normal circumstances that we uh, have because of this pandemic. So do stay safe and continue to uh, uh, just make sure that you practice uh, good hygiene so that, you know, everybody can just uh, uh, make sure that we can continue on with the work that we do. Now, in spite of the fact that we're going through all of this, we are still called to preach in season and out of season. And when you really think about it, maybe this is the right season to actually continue on to spread God's Word. Because no pandemic or calamity can prevent the mission of God to move forward. Now, so today, that's exactly what we're going to uh, look into. Uh, His Word reminds us to make God's mission our mission. And particularly today, as we look into uh, missions, it's our mission is to go. And this is going to be based on our study of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, and we should walk in them. Also, from Mark chapter 16, verse 15, And He said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole of creation. Well, as we look into that study, why don't we let God bless our time together and bless our study? Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that uh, is given to us at every occasion, whether in pandemic or out of pandemic, to continue and go and uh, proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, Father, speak to us, challenge us, and hide me behind the shadow of your cross that we may hear your words for us today. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So I guess first and foremost, I think if we're going to ask a question, first in our mind should be, what is God's mission? Now, many missiologists would say, this is the Mishodei, the mission of God. Now, well, simply put, based on Scripture, the mission of God is to restore and redeem man from sin that man might have uh, to, to be able to regain the intimate relationship we, uh, he has with a holy God, to glorify Him, to honor Him, and to worship Him forever. The relationship of man was lost in Genesis and was redeemed by Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. And uh, because of that victorious, uh, victorious life that Christ had over death, Uh, and the power of the resurrection, because of that, we are called now to witness God's goodness for us and uh, that we need to tell more and more people about that so that they can worship Him as well. Now, George W. Peters, uh, one of the theologians, once said, the end result of such mishodei is the glorification of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Why are we doing missions? so that God will be glorified, that there will be more and more people that will be glorified. 
Now, John Piper says it in the most eloquent way. This is how he said it. This is uh, quite a mouthful, but I think it's good for us to listen to what John Piper says. Mission is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. Mission exists because worship doesn't. Worship is ultimate, not missions, because God is ultimate, not man. When this age is over and the countless millions of the redeemed fall on their face before the throne of God, missions will be no more. It is a temporary necessity, but worship abides forever. Then finally he says, worship therefore is the fuel and goal for missions. That's why we have mission, because we want God to be worshipped. And then he says, the goal of mission is the gladness of the people in the greatness of God. The Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice, and let the many coastlands be, be glad. That's God's mission. So the mission of God is for Him to be worshipped by every tribe, tongue, and nation, that He would be glorified, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that His elect will be with Him in that joyful worship service before Him. So that's the mission of God. Secondly, we, as we have aspirations, God also has His own aspirations. And Peter spelled out that aspiration that God the Father has. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, he says, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, with all of us, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Why do we have to repent now? Well, we repent now so that we can face a holy God and so that we can worship Him in the future. And then Jesus also Himself shared with us what the mission of God really is. And we all know the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 19 to 20. says there, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And our key verse today, Mark 16, 15, which is another rendition of the Great Commission. It says, Go into the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. So when Jesus says, go make disciples, he meant make followers, not for the here and now, but for eternity. That's the whole point. Our best life is not now. Our best life is in eternity in the presence of God. So if there's anything that I'd like you to take home or to think about it in your homes is this. God has equipped us to fulfill the mission of God. That's the lesson. God has equipped us. We have no excuse to fulfill the mission of God. So let, let, let's look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It starts there when it says, For we are His workmanship. What does that mean? Well, first and foremost, He created us. So we know the creation story that begins in Genesis 1, verse 27, and then Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Be fruitful and multiply, it said. Manage the earth, have dominion, have control over the earth, and use it wisely. And then be a blessing to the earth that He has created. In a sense, work out this wonderful creation that God has given to us. 
Now, it's not just that he has created us. He also saved us by his grace. Now, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, it says there, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And, that, and, 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 and we can't boast of that because it's a gift that God has given to us. So he has redeemed us from our sin so that we too can be holy. He restored our relationship with him. And he alone did this. We have no effort with ourselves. It is the moving of the triune God, his Holy Spirit moving in our hearts, believing in Jesus Christ's son so that we can glorify the Father in heaven. And he owns us. You know, when he says we are his workmanship, we belong to God. He owns us. And, and we know that we are his. In Psalm 103, this is mentioned. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So indeed, we are his workmanship. And then the verse continues on. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Created in Jesus. In a sense, we are born again. Because Christ died on the cross, we now have new life. He died on the cross and was resurrected. And because he resurrected, we too have life. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And this life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So yes, we are created in Jesus. It's uh, not only that. John 1, 1 to 4 makes it very clear. It says there, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Through who? Through Jesus Christ. Everything was made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. So yes, we have been created in Christ Jesus. For what purpose? For good works. What are those good works? Well, primarily in God's mission, there's only one work. And what is that? Go and make disciples of the nations. That's what we are asked for. That's why we have known Christ, so that we can be part of that work of redemption that, that, that God wants. You know, the tr truth to tell, God could actually save us in a flick of a finger. But you know, he did not want that to happen. He wanted his children to be part of the joy of seeing a new life in Christ. And that's why he says, come, come with me and go make disciples and teach them to obey. That's what our good work is supposed to be. And of course, everything else falls from that. Everything else follows after that. That anything that the, the good that we do, whether it is to help the frontliners, whether it's to help those that are involved in the pandemic right now, part of that is to testify to God's goodness and make them disciples. Now, if you think that it's only a New Testament thrust, God already had this reaching the nations way back. And we can find that in Psalm 96. Psalm 96 could be said as the great commission of the Old Testament. In Psalm 96, it says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless His name. Tell of His, what? 
salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations. And then in verse 7, it says, Ascribe to the Lord, O families of people, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. And then in verse 9, it says, Worship the Lord. That's exactly what the mission of God is. To call people to Himself so that people may worship Him. And then the verse continues in Ephesians to say that we have been created in Christ uh, for good works, which God prepared beforehand. You see, this great commission is not an afterthought. It's not like, oh, okay, so I created man. What is he going to do? God didn't do it that way. It is very clear that there was a purpose for this. And we can see that in the Abrahamic covenant. And, and we can see it, the covenant between Abraham and God in Genesis 12. It says, I now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and from your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you what a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse and in you all families and earth shall be blessed. And we are part of Abraham's seed because of Jesus Christ. And so that the blessing of salvation, we now give to others. So this is what God was talking about. Now, to one extent, we can look at it from a practical standpoint. There was the promise of the promised land. And there was the promise of descendants for many nations. But then there was a promise of blessing and redemption so that they will know the living God. And that's what we need to be doing as believers in Jesus Christ. When we look at our mission, it is for people to know the living God. And then not only that, he says, which God had prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. When we believe in Jesus Christ, it is not just head knowledge. It is not just sitting around and say, okay, since I'm saved already, well, that's it. I'm okay. My family's okay. I shared the gospel. I'm fine. It doesn't end there. It says that we should walk in them. That's why it was very clear in the Great Commission in Matthew 28. It says there that in verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. Observe is to obey. That means we do it. Whatever we learn from Scripture, we live it out. Why? Because as we live our life according to Scripture, that becomes your testimony as part of your mission to bring people to the Lord. How will they believe if they don't see it in your life? So there has to be a, a, a congruence, in a sense, walking our talk. So it's very clear. Can it be seen in your life? Can the gospel be seen in your life? You are the tool. We are the tool that God has created to speak the good news about a living God and our life and mouth and actions should speak it, sing it, and live it. That's what we should be doing. So, do you have any excuse? No, we have no excuse. Because it says very clearly, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So as far as the tool is concerned, we have been equipped, prepared by God. Let's now look at what we need to do. That's 
in, Math, in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, where he says, Go into the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole of creation. So let's look at the go. Now it says there, go into the world. Now, the word go in its original Greek form, you know, normally when we think about go, we think about a destination. It's like go to UECP, go to the house, go to Boracay. You know, it's a destination. But here it's not. The word does not mean a destination. It means a process. Go means to go or as you travel. As you travel. Oh, so now that gives you a different picture because it means I do not go and do my preaching and teaching when I reach the destination. Even before I get to the destination, I'm already teaching and preaching and asking people to obey God. So as you go, that is very clear in Matthew 28, 19, and also in Matthew 10, 5 to 8, particularly in verse 7, when he was sending out the disciples in verse 7, he says, and proclaim as you go. So it's the same word. It's the very same word as go and tell the nation. So in a sense, as you go. So it does not begin when you get there. It begins when you start working your journey. So that means if uh, for all of us, it's every day, every single day that we move around and talk. So where does it start? Well, the mission of God of bringing people to the Lord starts in your own home. And then it continues on with your neighbors. And then it continues on with your community in whatever community that may be, whether it's work, school, and in other activities. So as we go, as we live our lives, we are already proclaiming the mission of God and we're fulfilling the mission of God. And then there's a scope, all. It says all. Well, the word in Greek means everything, always, daily, as many as, thoroughly, whatsoever, the whole, whosoever. So it's like nobody's exempted. Everyone, we need to be able to tell people who Jesus is. And no class, no color, no creed. And we just proclaim. We don't force. We don't coerce people to believe. But what we do is we persuade. That's what Paul said. That we were persuaded. And how do we persuade people? By the life that we live. So it's not just, um, what do you call, a lip service that we do. We actually live it. And people will know. If you're an accountant, you're an honest accountant and you do good work. So that your boss will say, how come you do that? Because I do it for the Lord and not for man. If you're a teacher, you teach well. You're the best teacher. If you're an engineer, you're the best engineer. So it's, it's all of us. The same thing, so it's not just the pastors. The pastors are the ones who are specially called for that. But all of us are called into the mission of God. All of us are called into the mission. And then where does that mission happen? It says the world. In Greek, it's cosmos. That means the inhabitants of the earth, humankind, world affairs. And in another rendering in Matthew, the word is nations, nations. Ethnos, people groups, not geopolitical countries, but people groups. Because there are many people groups in countries. Like in the Philippines. Do you know that there are at least 180 people groups in the Philippines? 
So that means even in the Philippines, there are many nations, many ethnos. So they, they are part of the world. So who do we speak out? Who do we go? And as we go, we talk about who God is to everyone in any place that we go to. As a matter of fact, uh, in Acts, the, uh, the Great Commission is also said that we, we go it from Jerusalem, Samaria, and into the ends of the, the earth. And somebody asked, where's the end of the earth? Is that really a location? Yes, it is a location. The end of the earth is where you are. So anywhere you are, that's where you proclaim the goodness of God. And then it says in uh, Mark uh, uh, 16, 15, proclaim the gospel. That's what we're going to do. What is the gospel? What do we proclaim? The word, God, the, the word proclaim means evangel. You know, so in a sense, a herald. That's where we get the word uh, evangelical because we talk about who Christ is. The good news. So we talk about the good news of Jesus Christ. And look at what Paul says in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming you the testimony of God with lofty speech and wisdom. I did not have to fool you with the things I'm going to say, Paul said. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You see, the gospel is a person. The good news is a person. That Jesus Christ was brought to earth by God. He himself is God. Everything was created through him. And because of him, he died on the cross for all of us so that we may be saved through his blood. And on the third day, he rose again so that, he, that we too might have life. And he is now seated at the right hand of the Father and will soon return. That's the good news. That's what we proclaim. Everything else, everything that we think of, do, is because of the purpose of people knowing who Christ is in my life and why I do what I do. Again, in 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4, this is what Paul says, I now, uh, now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believe it in vain, for I deliver to you as of first importance. This is the most important thing Paul is saying. And it says there that I also received that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. And it says there that he was buried and was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Do you know why Paul had to add those words in accordance to the Scriptures? Because this is not a myth. According to the Scriptures means this is a historic event. Christ who died and rose again is found in the annals of history and we can believe it and stand on it. That's the most important thing. And it says there, proclaim the gospel to the whole of creation. Every creature we redeem creation by Jesus' salvation. The world should benefit from God's people. That's why we are here. We need to tell everyone, and everyone should see the love, concern, grace, mercy that God has bestowed on us, and that it should be felt by everyone else. And that's where the difference will be. We are the testimony. So the question for us right now is, if we are God's workmanship, are we doing 
His bidding. Are we doing His work? I remember the late Dr. Luis Pantoja, one of the uh, pastors at uh, Green Hills Christian Fellowship. He said, if you are a Christian, even your dog should know about it. That means even your pets should know the caring you know, that, 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 that a Christian has for creation as well. So, are we really ready to go? Are you ready to go? Am I ready to go? Go because we are equipped by God through His Spirit. And I will be with you always to the ends of the earth. That's what Matthew uh, uh, 28, 20 says. I will be with you. So it's not that we're alone. Go because you have been saved by Jesus Christ through good works. Go proclaim the gospel. That's the good work we were prepared for beforehand. Go and live a life as a testimony to others. People need to see it. If they don't see it, there's no proof of the pudding, as they say. Go to the nations and sing of God's salvation day after day. Even while we are in this pandemic, you would be surprised how many people have been blessed because of this pandemic. You know, uh, there was, a, uh, there was an, uh, a meme that actually came out, you know, where the devil said, hey, God, I just closed the, the churches. And God said, no, 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 no. I just opened a lot of house churches. You see, God's work does not stop because of this pandemic. And we have no excuse and say, oh, I'm just inside my house. I can't do anything. No. We have been equipped beforehand. And so we need to go so that we may fulfill the mission day, the mission of God, and together worship Him. And so that we can worship Him by saying, just as John saw in Revelations chapter 4, verse 8, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And in verse 11, he says, Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things by your will, and they existed and were created. I pray that we all can be together in that worship service so that the work is cut out for us. Remember, God has equipped us to fulfill the mission of God. I'll repeat that. God has equipped us to fulfill the mission of God. It begins with God. It ends with God. So, are we ready to go? Why don't we pray? Our Father, we thank you, Lord, for our time together in the Word. We do pray that you would continue to encourage us that we already have been equipped. We have no excuse. And Father, even now with technology, uh, in spite of what's going on with the pandemic, Father, use us so that we may continue as we go, as we live our life, to go on and fulfill the mission of God so that everyone who knows you will worship you in the end. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.